Welcome to another episode of the This Week with Severe. In today's hot seat is Daniel Bloom. Daniel is a regular contributor to Forbes.com and the owner of Quest Education, a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high interest debt, and use self-directed retirement accounts to invest in alternative assets, which we will actually talk about quite a lot in today's session. Uh, so Daniel, welcome to the show. And before I, I say that, what I do want to say is um, uh, he has published a fabulous book called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement, and it is an Amazon bestseller. Uh, and this is the book. You can definitely look for Blueprint uh, to Your Best Retirement by Daniel Blue on uh, on Amazon. And Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Sabir. Thank you so much for having me here today. Really excited to be joining you. Thank you for being here. Uh, so. I'm familiar with retirement funds. I'm familiar with different in the U.S. different types of, um, uh, you know, I have my own also 401k when you work for an employer, right? Uh, you have a 401k that you invest in with a. If I, I used to max it out since I was, you know, since I started working back in my 20s, uh, and uh, then when I would leave an employer, I would uh, either take those uh, that either keep it there or take my 401k, roll it over into a rollover IRA. Or if I find another employer and their program was good, I would roll it into that 401k, right? We're not talking about personal finance here today, right? We're talking about uh, accessing that money for alternative means, not just to buy mutual funds. That's a typical 401k thing that you do, right? but using those funds for, and also alternative funds uh, to, uh, to fund your business in that sense. So can people really access the money inside their IRA 401k penalty and tax-free? Yeah, and, and that's such a valid question because it really comes down to how we were, we were taught, how we were conditioned to think. I remember growing up when, when I was a kid, my mom, she was a social worker and she had a pension and I remember hearing the word pension back in the day. And I remember hearing things like, don't ever touch your retirement account. You should leave that there. That's there for a rainy day. You can't access your 401k or IRA or your pension without getting nailed in penalties and taxes. So, you know, we were, we were taught to kind of leave our retirement account out of sight, out of mind. And, and I agree with a lot of that in the sense of you should have a nest egg, right? You should have a bucket or buckets of money when you are retired, right? However, there's a lot of myths out there that Wall Street talks to people about where they say, hey, don't access your, your money. Don't touch your money. And that's just because they make money off of our money. Right. Like the more money we have in our 401k or IRAs with mutual funds and stocks, Wall Street is making one to two percent a year off of the fees. Right. So why would they want to teach you how to access your 401k or IRA penalty and tax free? Why would they want to show you a way that you can access your money now penalty and tax free and use that money to maybe start your dream business? Maybe a business that would allow you to break free from your nine to five job or a business that would allow you to create another stream of income. So when you do retire, you know, you're in a much better position financially. So, you know, to answer your question severe, yes, you can 100% IRS approved 
access your IRA, 401k penalty and tax free and use the money in a lot of different ways, like funding up your own business, investing in private equity, investing in the crypto. I know right now crypto <laughs> is, is wild. You're laughing. I'm laughing. I think a lot of people are. You know, it's a painful laugh. Right That's now. what this is. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's just a whole world that exists out there where you can use your, your retirement account in a completely different way than, than what you were told. Yeah, I mean, one one of the practical things that happen to people when, let's say, if they some people do still retire at 55, right? Uh, they retire at 55, 57, 60, 62.5, 65, you know, and what they want to do is they don't want to because it's a bit of a shock to your lifestyle. 9 to 6 p.m., 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., you were going Monday through Friday and doing something and being productive and 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 doing something with with your time right and and we will talk about the much younger generation uh you know in a, in a moment but then you know now retirement doesn't need to mean that you're just accessing your pension funds or 401k or ira and collecting social security and moving to florida or arizona and that's it life is over right or you know because you're old and you're not you don't want to do anything else but, you, but there are people who don't want to do that. They want to still stay active. They still want to invest. They still want to uh, do other things uh, with, with that money, not just to fund their lifestyle, but also make more, more money out of that through investments and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I talk a lot about that. I actually dedicate a chapter in my book about the old school and the new school way of looking at money. And, and old school was you know, probably what you were taught, Sabir, what I was taught. Get a nine to five job, save money in a pension, put money in a 401k and buy a big house, get a, a, a car payment of $600 a month. And, you know, hopefully when you retire, there's enough money in your retirement account and Social Security to live the lifestyle that you want to live. And I think with technology and with just a lot of things changing in, in our society, you know, people can work from home. People can work from a different country. People can have an online business and hire someone really awesome like you to help them scale, right? Like there's just so many different ways to, to generate other streams of income. I think one thing that does get talked about in a way that I, I have an issue with is the whole concept of multiple streams of income. And, and the issue I have is one, having multiple streams of income is is awesome like you definitely need to have that the the, the ultra wealthy the rich people they have multiple streams of income but social media makes it seem like you start first with multiple streams of income no like you have to have one stream of income be your main thing and really have a solid foundation something you can scale something that allows you to take a step back and be like okay this is set up. I put in the time. I put in the effort. I put in systems. I put in processes. And that is humming. Let me go build something else. And that takes time. That takes effort. That takes commitment. It takes a lot of times moving past your fear, your doubt, because you want to quit, you know, a thousand two hundred and fifty three times into the process. Right. So, you know, definitely the, the new school is, you know, having multiple streams of income you know, spending less than, than what you're making, the whole concept of keeping up with the Joneses. Um, it's, it's really hard to look at social media and, and you feel, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. Like, oh man, they're on a vacation. Let me, I want to go travel. 
I mean, that that that's going to keep you broke if your your income isn't where it needs to be. So, you know, living below your means and uh, investing in your investing your money in, in assets that can generate you income. You know, it's definitely the new school. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, keeping up with the digital or social Joneses, you know, I think it can get you to into the poorhouse as quickly as possible, you know, quicker yeah. than the traditional during our parents times, you know. Yeah, I think you can get to to the poor house quicker that way, and and some of those some of those uh, influencers, uh, they might be standing on a toxic waste dump, meaning that they don't have anything. On this side of the camera, they look great, but they don't have anything. It's all borrowed or whatever, and then it's not real. But there are some influencers that are incredible. I mean, they they've done they've paid their dues and they've done incredibly with that. Uh, they have invested in, in in the right businesses. They have built agencies or something like that in, in a proper way. Uh, I'm not saying all of the influencers are like that, but uh, but most of them that follow through. And it's actually when you were uh, talking about multiple streams of income, uh, that it's easy and you do that on day zero, right? The, the reality of that is that, you know, if you, if you think about the analogy, uh, let's say, you know, you get married, you have your, um, you have your first kid. It takes time for you to kind of train yourself as a parent of owning that kid and having that kid, right? Uh, diaper changes, waking up in the middle of the night, nagging, all of that stuff. All, it comes with fully packaged. I have twins, by the way, Daniel. I don't know how many kids you have. Uh, I had to learn it very quickly, twice as fast, because it was two of them at the same time. And I can tell you it's very difficult, let alone having seven of them at the same time. And the same applies to, the same applies to when you have a business. You have to get the first one right, then you, have, you can add on a second one. I, and I'll give you a very simple example, right? Some people come up with a product. You know, they, they make this product, whatever this magic water is, right? And they start selling it on their Shopify site, right? And then in a heartbeat, they go like, oh, you know what? We should get into retail. That's another stream for us. Yeah. The way you do consumer marketing and retail marketing are completely different things. They're not the same. Right. Especially e-commerce marketing when you're dealing with that. Now, if you're on top of it, you have to deal with 17 different categories of channels you have in e-commerce and then 25 different ones you have in retail. That's how things balloon up. And you go from being something that would have been successful to a disaster implosion in that company. Yeah, it's um, it, it's really you know uh, the example that you gave is is a really good one. Just keeping up with the the digital Joneses, right? Back in the day, it was you know walking outside or you know driving around the neighborhood and seeing this guy has a big boat or you know he he just bought a a, a new Toyota Tacoma, right? This is <laughs> back in the day, and uh, you know it's it's yeah you got to stay in your lane and uh, you have to know everyone's at a different point in their life, you know, and uh, it's. Comparing yourself to other people can be, you know, a very slippery slope. Yeah, you can actually end up hurting yourself, and you have no idea that that person actually. Uh, one of the advice I got from when I worked with uh, with the founder of Vitamin Shop, you know, they have like 600 stores around, around the United States. Uh, maybe they have more than that now. He, he, when I talked him talked to him about competition, I said, "What are your thoughts on that?" He goes like, "Why would I want to learn from?" Uh, people who may be making a ton of mistakes. Do I, do I want to re repeat the same mistakes they're making? You can look at them and see what they're doing, but 
don't try to bring that stuff into this business because they might be doing the wrong things and you're going to end up hurting this business, you know? Yeah. So comparing yourself to others, you could do it to just kind of sit back as a spectator to kind of learn from it, but not to take it and, and blindly apply it, you know, because it may not be for you. You know, your circumstances and your situation may be very different than what, what they're dealing with. And they may be making a ton of mistakes and everything they're doing is wrong. It may not be the right thing to do. And yeah. now you're losing funds on your end. Yeah, for, for sure. That's why I'm, I'm a really big proponent of surrounding yourself with, with the right people. You know, I invest my time and, and my resources into masterminds, coaching programs. You know, I'm severe. I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I don't have uh, family members that taught me business or that were entrepreneurs. So, you know, it's really been a lot of uh, trial by error, you know, being a business owner the last few years and employing a team and, you know, trying to scale and deal with systems and operations and, and hiring and, and you know, just th that kind of fun stuff. I'm a college dropout. So, um, you know, you factor all that in. It's it's really important that uh, you realize um, at least for me and, and a lot of you, you know, listening, watching and probably could relate. A lot of times you learn watching and listening from people that make mistakes of like, OK, I know not to do that. Right. Um, but then there's a lot of power in being around other people that can you know, give you advice because they've been there and they've done it. Right. They, they, they are where you want to be. They've already walked down that path. And if you can get some clues and some insight on what that path looks like and what are some of the challenges ahead, um, what are things to avoid and, and what worked for them? You, you take you take notes and, and you then you take action. Definitely. Now, can you really use your retirement account to fund a business? Like, let's say I'm in my mid 40s. I'm done with corporate America. I'm I, now I want to go. I have some funds in my 401k. You know, I have done well. I've saved up and put it into the market, mutual funds and stuff like that. It's doing well. It's doing OK. Right. Now I, I'm thinking of either I want to go get another job or I want to start up another business. Maybe starting up another business is something of interest to me. So how do I uh, use those or use that retirement account properly and legally to fund a business? Yeah, so there's a plan called a, a solo 401k. It's an IRS approved plan that allows you to access that money penalty and tax free. And we've been able to help a, out a ton of people in, in the space that you're in severe where, you know, maybe they need $20,000 in product for their online business and they don't want to get a loan from the bank. They don't want to bring on investors. They've got this money in a retirement account and they're thinking, man, I've got this money in the stock market where I have no control over it going up and down. Why can't I take some of the money out of my IRA or my 401k from my previous employer and use some of this money to invest it in myself, to invest it into my business where I've got a little bit more control than something like the stock market? So what someone can do in that scenario and what we've been able to do with a lot of people over the years is helping them take their 401k from their old job or their IRA, converting it into a solo 401k. When this transaction happens, there's zero taxable event because it's just going from one retirement account into another retirement plan. Once the money's in the solo 401k, they can actually take out up to 50% of the account value or $50,000, whichever number is less, it's utilizing the loan feature. And in the scenario that I'm, I'm talking about, and, and there's someone that comes in my mind, someone that we helped out a couple of years ago, she needed like $20,000 in product for her online business. So she just took out 20,000 from her solo 401k, penalty and tax-free use that money to buy the inventory 
because she used the loan feature on the solo 401k, she had five years to pay back the solo 401k to avoid the penalties and taxes. So as, as long as she was current and paying herself back and she paid it back within five years, there's zero penalties and taxes. Uh, there's an interest rate on the loan per the IRS. The interest rate is anywhere from one to two points plus prime. So right now you're looking at about a five to 6% interest rate on a solo 401k loan. But what makes this really unique, Sabir, is that the interest goes back to the solo 401k. So they're paying themselves back the money they took from the solo 401k, the principal, oh, wow. plus the interest. So essentially they're their own bank. So she was able to use the 20,000, bought the product, bought the inventory, had plenty of time to sell that product with their online business. And then she took the profits from those sales and paid back her retirement account, paid back her solo 401k. So re she replenished what she took out. So she's not robbing from her future. However, then she had the capital that she was looking for to, to really change the course of her business and, uh, you know, do some great things. And, you know, I, I want to be devil's advocate. Obviously, if she didn't make money with her business, that would have posed the problem. But, you know, that, that's with anything, right? Stocks, real estate, there's always going to be some kind of you know, risk involved, um, you know, when you're making a move like that. Now, now, if you in that scenario, let's say I, I have a Shopify store. But what if I want to invest in um, uh, a real estate, buy a house or buy a building, right? From from using my four hundred one k, I want to invest in that, and, and maybe I I have part ownership in it. Maybe I, I go partners with a few people buying that real estate, and I take money out of my four hundred one k, and that's my business that I would like to be in. Now, are there any other provisions so that it's higher than that fifty k I can invest in? Because it is an investment property. It's not, I'm not going to live there. It's going to be investment just yeah. as if I'm buying gold or mutual funds or stock, you know? Yeah. So, so there's really two ways to get your hands on the money inside of a solo 401k. And you're going to hear me reference the solo 401k a lot um, on, on this, this podcast. I talk a lot about it in my book because the solo 401k, it just has a lot of bells and whistles over something like a self-directed IRA or a traditional IRA. It, it has the loan feature, um, which to me is, is a game changer because essentially there's two ways. And, and let me back up. To qualify for a solo 401k, you do have to be an entrepreneur without any W-2 employees. So, so keep that in mind. But once you have money in a solo 401k, there's two ways essentially for you to get your hands on that money without paying any penalties and taxes. Uh, two fundamental ways. One is the loan feature. And, and that was what I just described. Think of the loan feature severe is if you wanted to use that money to fund a business that you 100% own, you, you, you manage. Um, you wanted to maybe use some of the money to pay off high interest rate credit card debt. There's a lot of people that owe 20% interest to discover. And it's like your retirement account's making you 8%. If your retirement account is making you 8%, but your credit card debt's costing you 20%, you're probably losing money faster than you're making money. So maybe it might be worth you exploring using the loan feature on the solo 401k to pay off your 20% interest rate credit card debt, be done with the 20%, stop losing thousands of dollars in interest, get your credit score up because now you just paid off a big chunk of credit card debt, and then you're paying your retirement account back instead of the bank's. Right. So the loan feature can help you personally, right? Personally start a business, personally pay off credit card debt, for example. 
The other way to get your hands on money in a solo 401k without triggering a taxable event, like we just talked about, um, like you just brought up with that scenario investing in real estate is in, in, in this story, I'm going to tell it, it always breaks my heart, but I'm hoping it can really connect the dots to you, uh, to, to you listening is, is there was someone that came to us where she had money in an IRA with like Morgan Stanley or Edward Jones. And she wanted to put this money in a multifamily deal back east, like South Carolina. And, and, and think of like Grant Cardone or like these big multifamily deals, right? Syndications where it's a pool of money that people put together and, and they're buying a big, you know, multifamily apartment complex, right? And, and they all get a piece of the pie. And she wanted to put her retirement money in there. So she approaches her financial advisor and says, hey, can you help me do this? And he said, no. And she's like, well, why not? And he's just like, no, you can buy a REIT, you can buy a stock that's real estate, but you cannot invest into physical. this kind of real estate project that you're wanting to. And, and she got frustrated. She really wanted to put her money to work in, in, in this uh, investment. So what she ended up doing is she ended up taking a distribution from her IRA. And she was under 59 and a half years of age, Sabir. So what happens is she had to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Then she had to claim all of that money as income. So she's out in California at the time. We know California oh. taxes are through the roof. So she ends up probably paying. <laughs> yeah, right. She ends up paying like probably 40% in penalties wow. and taxes. So she takes out a hundred thousand. She's left with what sixty thousand after paying the IRS all that money, and then takes that sixty thousand and puts it into this multifamily deal. So we were able to help her understand. Hey, look, in the future, if you wanted to do this again, because she had more money in an IRA and 401ks, you can take some of that money from your 401k or IRA, move it to a solo 401k, for example. And then from there, you can have the solo 401k invest directly into the asset where the solo 401k owns part of that multifamily deal. So when the rent checks come in, the, the quarterly dividends come in, it's just going right back into the solo 401k, no taxable event. When that property sells and there's a gain, it goes right back in the solo 401k. There's no taxable event. And if it takes three, five, seven years for all of this to happen, it, it, it doesn't matter because it's like they're holding on to a stock or a mutual fund, except it's a, a piece of property out in South Carolina that's held in the solo 401k. So to make that happen, you do have to have your retirement account held by a self-directed custodian. There's a lot of self-directed custodians out there that have the licenses to administer, to hold alternative assets. Fidelity and Edward Jones, they choose not to hold these types of assets because it doesn't make them money, right? So um, I would challenge you guys, like literally Google Mitt Romney, self-directed google peter thiel self-directed and and these guys have i think peter thiel has like three billion dollars it's definitely in the billions uh mitt romney over a hundred million dollars like these guys have a ton of money in self-directed plans by just getting creative with their finances using money in a different way so um you know congress is is utilizing these types of plans all day long this is irs code um there's some things that you can't do like for example you can't use your retirement account that owns a house and then you live in it 
that's called a prohibited transaction. So there are some prohibited transactions that you want to be aware of. Um, but beyond those, you really get a big menu of, of choices to, you know, use your money in, in ways that you want to use it. So just going back to the loan feature, because I'm, I'm very interested in that. Uh, the loan feature, you said it's $50,000 per IRS code. That's the, can I think of it like a line of credit? If I want to use that, like I want to take $20,000 out, I start paying it down. I'm done. I'm done with it within a year or two, right? Um, as I'm paying it down, that credit line becomes more and more available, meaning that out of the 50, I took 20. That means I have 30 left over, but every month that I'm depositing $1,000 a month, uh, it keeps on bringing that, uh, you know, make, make that credit line more available or the loan, loanable aspect of that money more available to me. Yeah, so let me give you an example. So the, the way it actually is worded per the IRS is with the loan feature, on maybe your 401k with your current job if you have a nine to five job right now and you've got a 401k there there's a there might be a loan feature on your plan um sometimes there is sometimes there's not a solo 401k the ones that we set up at least there's always a loan feature there so the loan feature the way it's worded in the irs is you can take out you can borrow 50 percent of the account value or fifty thousand dollars whichever number is less so let's take a hundred thousand round number Someone has a hundred thousand in their solo 401k and they use, they take out 50,000 as a loan. So they take out 50,000 out of the plan. They're left with 50,000 in the plan, right? So that 50,000 that stays in the solo 401k, they can use it to invest into stocks, real estate, precious metals, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The other 50,000 they took out and they used it to, let's just say they bought an Amazon store or they, they bought some product for their online business. And over the course of a couple of years, they paid back the loan where maybe they owe 25,000 still on the loan, right? Well, that 25,000 that they paid back, right? Cause they started with 50 and over a couple of years, they paid back 25,000. That 25,000 is just going back into the solo 401k and they can use that money how they want, invest, things like that. The 25,000 that they still owe, well, maybe they wanted to take out another loan. Well, the solo 401ks that we set up there are multiple loans allowed on the plan, just as long as the loans combined don't exceed 50% of the account value or 50,000. So, so the scenario I'm describing severe, that person could take out another loan of 25,000 if they wanted to. So both loans combined are 50K. No, so now what happens, like what happened in the past month and a half, two months, you know, market meltdown, right? And then, and let's say you were holding to keep things simple. You were holding in the in the other fifty percent. You were holding stocks, bonds, whatever, and and that came down. Right now, the value of that fifty k when you took the loan out at that time was fifty k, right? Fifty fifty, right? But that portion of it in the account, you're still paying down that fifty k that you took out. But the other fifty k, the value of that has gone down to thirty six thousand dollars, right? or, or $30,000 to keep the math simple, $30,000. Is there any kind of a house call that they call it and you have to true up and bring the number back to 50%? Once, once you take out the loan, you know, you're, you're locked in. So you're locked in at the interest rate. You're locked. You're, I mean, you're literally signing loan documents, amortization schedule, monthly payments. Oh, so, um, the IRS does require that you make at least a quarterly payment 
you cannot go more than a quarter without making a payment back to your solo 401k. Got it. Got it. But if you want to set it on a monthly payment installment and you can just keep on paying it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We always tell our customers just, just make a monthly payment, you know, preferably automatic that way. It's just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You don't forget. Do you treat the, the loan aspect of it like a, like a mortgage that can you do like an early payment and to, to avoid any future interest payments you have to do, even though you're paying it to yourself, you're the bank. Let's say if you, you don't want to do that and you want to, you want to put the money back into into the 401k yeah you can pay it back sooner than five years there's no prepayment penalty um you just can't go longer than five years and you can't miss more than a quarter payment got it now in the example with uh with a real estate that is not the loan aspect of it right that's exactly. actually holding an asset in, in your just like you hold stocks exactly mutual funds whatever you know exactly got it got it okay um now why i mean you kind of touched on it but i want to go a little bit deeper more deeper why isn't the strategy like like a known thing that that um i mean besides the aspect of like fidelity edward jones whoever right uh they, they can't make money off of it that's why it's not being talked about right but uh, other part personal finance type places that if you search for these kinds of things it's not transparent that this kind of stuff is available, you know? Uh, so why is that? Why do you think that it's not like a, a regular thing that everybody should know? Man, that's, that's a really good question. I, I think what comes to my mind is just our, our country could use a lot of improvement from the very beginning, right? Where financial literacy should be talked about a lot more in the early stages of our lives, right? Why did it not take, why, why did I have to be 21, 22 years old to learn about credit score and how important it is to keep your, your personal credit card debts under 30% utilization rate, right? Learning what a hard inquiry is, learning what business credit is, learning what an, an LLC is, right? Like one of the, the, the biggest mistakes that I've made severe is I was 18 years old in sales and I remember like remember this like it was yesterday i had a, a paycheck coming through um i was pure commission and i had a paycheck coming through that was going to be about three thousand dollars and i already had that three thousand dollars spent before i even got the check right I'm, I'm 18 19 years old i didn't come from money so seeing that kind of money it was like life-changing like oh my gosh three thousand dollars like right so this is back in the day severe where when you got your paycheck there's no direct deposit like picture this, like we're in a big office and there's a, a window and behind the window is like the admin side, the secretaries and whatnot, payroll department. And everyone lined up on, on the window to grab their check, right? So I'm standing in line, single file line, waiting to grab my check. And, and I get my check on Friday and I open up my check and it says $3,000 like on the stub, like the actual document, but then I flip it over and the check says $1,800. And I'm like, $1,800, what would happen to my money? Like who, who canceled? The sale must've canceled. How come, you know, no one told me about my sale, my, my deal fell through. So I turn around to my boss, my team leader. I'm like, hey man, like what deal canceled? Like what, what happened? And he's like, oh no, man, like that's just taxes. I was like, taxes, like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, man, like 
you had to pay that in taxes. I was like, dude, that sucks. Like that's like half my check. He's like, just file exempt. And then that way you won't have to, you'll get to keep the whole $3,000. And I was just dumb, naive, inexperienced. Every word you can think of at 18, 19 years old. So I filed exempt. And uh, that was a, a very expensive lesson. It, it took a few years to correct that, right? But then I learned about an LLC and deductions and, and you know, really just financial literacy, right? And, and this stuff is not, one, it's not talked about. And two, humans inherently are lazy, right? We look for the easy way out, right? I could have spent time learning this on my own. Um, I, I don't remember if really YouTube was a big thing back in 2007, but I could have went to the library and picked up an encyclopedia, right? Like I could have had more onus and due diligence that I could have done on my side, but you know, we're not doing our society any favors by, you know, really not instilling this in, in our education system when it comes to, you know, a mortgage, retirement accounts, debt, interest, principal, um, investments. And, and that goes right hand in hand with retirement accounts, right? You know, we're taught that a retirement account is just for the stock market. I got introduced to this concept of self-directed accounts back in 08, 09. Uh, I was in the real estate space in the sales arena. And I remember hearing people say, yeah, I just used my retirement account to buy a rental property. I just used my retirement account to invest into a flip. I just flipped the house in my IRA. Thinking what? Like I thought an IRA or 401k was just for a, a stock. Like you can buy Nike stock, right? So it's out there. It's just, again, one, our society is not set up to, you know, really make, make it out in the open for us to learn. And then two, there's a lot of money behind it, right? There's that old saying, follow the money. You follow the money and you're going to get a lot of information. And, uh, you know, these big financial companies, Edward Jones, Fidelity, you know, they spend a lot of money marketing and advertising. They spend a lot of money lobbying for Congress, right? Like they stroke a lot of checks. And ultimately how they make money is having assets under management and having people leave their money in a 401k and an IRA, where it's in a mutual fund, it's in a stock. And I'm not here to beat up on the stock market. You know, I, I think there's a time and a place for the stock market. I think the stock uh, equities um, are a tool in the tool belt, you know, insurance tool in the tool belt, real estate tool in the tool belt, um, having money in a solo 401k tool in the tool belt. You know, what I'm talking to you guys about here today, it's not the end, you know, one all be all best solution since life's bread. And, you know, what I'm saying is way better than, you know, anything else you've heard. Maybe what I've talked about, you haven't heard of in the way that I've explained it or a solo 401k or self-directed accounts is like completely foreign to you. Um, but again, it's just a tool in the tool belt, depending on where you're at right now, where you're trying to go, what your goals are. Maybe what I'm saying makes sense. And you're like, holy cow, I need to take advantage of this. Or it's, hey, that sounds like something down the road that could really benefit me. So just comes down to, uh, you know, awareness, knowledge and, you know, implementation. I mean, I, I, I want to add a couple of more things uh, to what you said. Um, if you look at kind of education in American history, right, uh, the education system used to have something called home economics. I don't know. I'm sure that, uh, you know, I don't know what year you graduated. Uh, this was even before my time, you know, and I'm I'm 50 years old You know, I'm not I'm not that young, you know, so this is before even my time. Um, home economics would teach you how to run a household and with it came how to 
you know, allocate for savings, how to allocate, you know, do basic cooking, other types of things like that. When home economics used to exist in American history, uh, it was when when the women revolution happened, right? Women's rights and stuff like that. Instead of opening up home economics to everybody, it was perfect time to kill it altogether. <laughs> Shut it down, right? So when you when you lack education on how to run your household, right? Basic things like how do you need to allocate money for your groceries, for your rent, for your electricity? Uh, you know, if you want to take the kids out, you want to go to the restaurants, have some sort of entertainment, vacation budget, whatever. All of that stuff, because primarily it was focused on women at one at one point. But when the you know the the revolution happened, you know, and and women's rights and stuff, instead of instead of opening it up to say, okay, you know what, all students now need to take it. It's not just for women, right? It's not just for girls. Men have boys have to take it also. Instead of doing that, they just kill the whole thing. So what happens? You go through sixth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. You graduate out of college. I mean, out of high school, and you have no idea what money is. How do you acquire it? How do you make it? The best case scenario is you may have had some summer jobs. You may have worked at McDonald's. You may have cut lawn, and you made some money off of that. And that's the education, that, the bare minimum education that you have. So if you kill the education early enough, it just down the line, it just kills everything else. You know, uh, so when you get to college, you said that you, you dropped out of college. What was whether you attended for three months or you attended for two years? Right. What was the very first thing that you came across on, on campus? There were tables set up by credit card companies to give you a student credit card. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, depending on the region you are in or, or anything like that, it may have been one of the bigger banks. It could be Citibank. It could be Discover Card, any of those guys, you know, you, you would get that. But you would get that card and it helps you with your credit score, right? That's what you're educated and marketed to. But unless you take it upon yourself to really manage that credit properly, you can actually end up hurting your credit yeah. in, in the long run. So that's where you most most people, as they go through these trials, they actually learn the hard way by making a gigantic mistake. And you said that, you know, you learn by going exempt on your payroll, right? That, you know, you, you were keeping you were being smart and you were keeping your money. It ended up biting you in the butt that you had to now you owe all this money plus penalties that you had to pay back to the IRS because the IRS had loaned you the money now instead of you paying them, you know, for, for that. Uh, you know, so I think that that's a much more uh, fundamental issue with financial literacy. When I was younger, I thank God I came across uh, a book by Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you've read the book. You know, phenomenal book. I love the book it, from that perspective that when you read it, he just makes it. I mean, there are other books in that series about real estate investing and other types of things like that. But the first book, actually, at least it taught me like the very basics of like personal finance and what uh, realities exist with personal finance. Right. And then that just sparked my interest to just dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper to kind of learn more and more about you know, business finance, personal finance, line of credit, mortgage, loans, and so on and so forth. 
to kind of become self-taught. Nobody actually gave me that. I had to go buy the book and, and it was not in the education system. I went to public school. There was no public school class that taught me personal finance. Yeah, that's uh, uh, unfortunately and fortunately severe. And I use both of those words, you know, very strongly. A lot of where I am to where I am today is just by making a ton of mistakes, right? You know, learning the hard way. And um, you're right. If if we could avoid a lot of those mistakes by having a better foundation and education, then you know we could minimize you know a lot of those mistakes. I I wouldn't change anything. Um, in in terms of the the mistakes not even mistakes because the example i'm going to give next has to do with a dot my daughter um i ended up getting a woman pregnant i was 18 years old and uh, i was 19 years old when i had my daughter and that was really really hard you know it's pretty much a, a a big kid having a kid had no idea how to parent i grew up without a dad so you know i'm like okay is there a book I can read or like a video I can watch that shows me how to do this? Where's the manual um, for this? <laughs> right. And, um, you know, unfortunately, around that same time, I, I got addicted to Oxycontin and uh, just in a really dark place. Um, a lot of it had to do with just kind of some childhood trauma that I hadn't been able to to find peace. But, man, I, I wouldn't change any of that severe. You know, I've, I've been clean from Oxycontin since uh, November 2009. Uh, my daughter's 13 years old. Um, she's at, she's in those teen years where, um, I pretty much have to get on her calendar to see her because her friends, um, take precedent over me. But, uh, you know, you, you learn to appreciate the, the little things, right? Like yesterday she texted me and said, Hey, can we play volleyball tonight? And I'm like, Holy cow, you're actually reaching out to me to hang out. This is, this is a surprise. Um, so, you know, uh, people listening, watching, you know, again, the mistakes that you make, they don't have to be, you know, your future. They don't have to be permanent, right? Where you're going to be in trouble is if you keep making the same mistakes, right? If I kept going down the path of filing exempt and not getting my tax situation on point, then I wouldn't be 33 years old where I am today, right? Um, you know, if I kept using drugs, I would not be where I'm at today. So I think it's really important that, uh, you know, we just remember we either win or we we take a, a lesson from our losses but uh you know i'm a firm believer of there's no failure failure is just when you actually quit and uh you know i'm, I'm definitely not a quitter and i know the people listening watching uh, they're not quitters either so we were talking about mistakes and i i love the fact that you said that you kind of live and learn right you either succeed or you learn a, a lesson and hopefully that makes you better right and in your case in your history that made you better now let's talk about you know, funding your business with, with these uh, solo 401k loan feature or investing in the business, right? Can actually, there's a question there before I jump into the next question. Can, can the solo 401k become a partner in my business and invest in the business, not, not to use the loan feature. So uh, I want to get inventory. I, I may want to go out and get a human being as a partner to fund fund that inventory, right? Not give me a loan, but actually become a partner in the business and take on the risks. Can the solo, my solo 401k be my partner in my business? Yeah, there just has to be enough arm's length distance where it doesn't become a prohibited transaction. So that business that the solo 401k is investing into, assuming you're not using the loan feature, you're just investing directly into the LLC, for example, you can't be a managing member 
of that business. Um, you can't take any W-2 wages from that business. So it has to be strictly passive. So if I'm an investor in another business, right? Let's say I'm one of the sharks on Shark Tank, yeah. right? Uh, and I have this 401k that's sitting there. I can, uh, because I'm not running that business on a daily basis, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not managing it. I'm just an investor yeah. in that business. I can invest using my checking account for one, but I can also, the second partner that I can bring to the table could be my 401k could own that business because I'm not, I'm not running that business on a daily basis. Yeah. You just have, would have to be careful about not commingling funds, not taking personal money that you've got in your checking account and, you know, sending, receiving money from the business, you know, back and forth. It's just strictly business A and your retirement account, your solo 401k, just money leaving the solo 401k, investing into company A. And then when company A generates an income, right, or sells. It goes back. Into back. Exactly. Got it. Got it. The, the other question I, I had for you, we were talking about mistakes, right? And you, in, during our entire conversation, the way we outlined this conversation and this, this methodology was people being smart about doing the smart things, right? And people who don't know, they don't have financial education, they don't have the right advisor, uh, and they want to do this on their own, I, I think we should, one, we should warn them, right? You need to have the right advice. I get in touch with Daniel Blue uh, so that he can help you design it properly and, and do the right things with this because it could quickly turn into an illegal uh, transaction, right? Not not a proper transaction as defined by IRS code, which is which could be pretty complicated. And number two, uh, the things that you want to invest in may not be the right things at all, you know, for, for, from that uh, perspective. And knowing those parameters are important. Are there examples of that, Daniel, that, you know, when somebody went about doing, meaning to do the right thing, ended up doing completely the wrong thing and ended up hurting themselves? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, like I'll give you an example. My my uncle, he uh, was watching my videos on Facebook and he reached out to me and he says, hey, I had no idea that there's this solo 401k where I could use a loan feature on the plan, be my own bank and use this money to fund my business. Like how come, how do I get one of those? Well, I find out that he actually has a self-directed IRA with a self-directed custodian and he could have opened up a solo 401k with that custodian. It's just, no one got to know his situation and he wasn't explained, you know, the different services that are out there, the different products that are out there. So, um, I, I like to use the example of the legal zoom, right? Like an LLC, it's pretty straightforward. A solo 401k, it's pretty straightforward. You can go to legal zoom, get an LLC set up on your own, right? And for those that are savvy that have opened up a ton of entities that understand how entities work, going through legal zoom or some other, um, channel that doesn't involve having to hire an accounting firm, a CPA firm it might be your best bet because you're savvier than most. You've already gone down that path. Same thing with self-directed accounts. Like if, if you understand how these work and the world that they are in, then going straight to the source and cutting out a company like mine might make the most sense. Um, but for people that, you know, want more handholding, you know, they, they want more of that, that one-on-one -on -one love 
and the education and, uh, you know, that that customer service, then, you know, working with a company like ours is going to make the most sense. So it really just comes down to, you know, your needs, your wants. So we're in um, July 2022. There are certain world events that are happening, right? Uh, ridiculous inflation, right? I mean, we're, we're, everybody's getting hurt. Uh, in the United States, I think the inflation is not as harsh as some other countries out there. You know, I, I was reading a country that I was born in, Turkey, um, has an inflation rate of 80% right now. 80%, yeah. you know, so they're hurting wow. even more. So something that may have cost a dollar is dollar eighty now, you know. Wow. So that's that's uh, like twice as much, and yeah. and salaries and those things are not inflation adjusted or anything like that, you know. So that's one. Gas prices are going up, right? Stock market is melting. Crypto market has melted already, right? Uh, I was I was looking at Ethereum. Ethereum is at a thousand dollars, I think. It, in its heyday, it went to eight thousand uh, dollars. Bitcoin, I think, was close to what sixty thousand. I think it may have kissed yep. sixty thousand at one point. I think it's at maybe ten thousand now, eleven thousand, something like that. You know? I stopped looking, man. It, just, <laughs> it hurts a lot. <laughs> you know, so when you are looking at those kind of uh, things, I mean, in the back of my mind, one uh, my back eye is concentrating on what Warren Buffett always tells me when everybody is afraid and running, that's a great time to buy, right? Buy real estate, buy, you know, buy stocks, because they're all, all on Black Friday sale, you know, basically, you know, because everybody loves Black Friday sale when it's 40% off. Why, why not uh, these assets? So yeah. when you're thinking about those kind of world events, and this is a pretty loaded question, right? Uh, those kind of world events that are going on, that, that optimism is at the lowest possible level right now, right? It's more pessimistic world right now. Looking at those, and now you're taking, you're touching your 401k, which may have also suffered because of the market downturn. And you want to take a loan out to pay for maybe expenses have gone up, inventory costs have gone up, supply chain issues. Um, you know, everywhere, basically, right? All of those things add to cost, all of it. So how do you manage this this loaded environment when you are, maybe you already have a business and you want to use the loan feature to, to get a loan out and, and you want to pay that back and stuff like that. All right. So just take me through that. Like, I would like to hear your POV. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things to consider. One, your, your cost basis and two, your opportunity cost, right? So what I mean by cost basis is you actually don't make or lose money until you sell, right? What was your entry point? A lot of people over the last few years, they would get their statements in the mail or they'd get on their phone or email, check their statements, man, I'm up 30%. I'm crushing it. That's on paper, right? If you sell, then you realize that gain, right? Then you actually made money. So I think that's important, right? If you're thinking about shifting money and moving money around, what, what, what was your entry point? What was your cost basis, right? You know, if you bought the S&P 500 index fund at the highest point and you want to sell right now, you're probably going to be selling for a loss, right? And that might make you reconsider what you're trying to do. Or maybe you bought the S&P 500 index fund five, 10 years ago. 
five, eight years ago. You probably bought it way down here. And yeah, the market's gone down, but your cost basis is still way up here. It might have been way, way, way up here. But over the last six months, it dropped a little bit, but you're still up big, right? If you sell, you made money, right? So that's really important to think about, you know, when you're thinking about shifting money is what 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 was your entry point? What was your cost basis? And, uh, you know, what what type of gain or loss are you going to realize once you hit that, that sell button or that buy button? Um, so that's one. Two, opportunity cost, right? Um, you know, when, when I invested money into Quest Education uh, four years ago is, is when this firm was started, I had PayPal stock and leading up to it, I cashed up like all my PayPal stock. Once I learned from my mistakes, Sabir, and I started spending way less money than when I was making, um, you know, I got on point with my taxes um, you know, I invested money. I just became a lot more stable financially. I just started buying stocks and I had a good amount in PayPal stock and, uh, I sold all of my PayPal stock and then I put it into quest education. That's where opportunity cost comes into play, where I'm using this as an example where I could have left that money in PayPal and it did what it did. Right. Or I'm thinking in my mind well, shoot. If I sell this PayPal stock, I can just take the, the, the cash and put it into Quest Education. And I feel much better about the return I'm going to make on Quest Education over X amount of time versus PayPal. Right. So where, where your money is and what it could be doing. Right. Um, you know, you, you got to think about that. I always I like what Warren Buffett says, like, dude, don't try and time the market. Right. Um, I think it's easy to think about trying to time to market and yeah, there's algorithms and charts and technicals and things that you could use to help you make a decision. But if people truly knew how to time the market and they were really, really, really good at it and they did it consistently and they, they, they'd own islands and you probably wouldn't hear from them because they'd be just so massively wealthy. Right. So, um, There'd be a lot more rich people if uh, you could time the market. So they won't be my... doing TikToks and Instagram reels talking yeah. about how great their algorithm is. Yeah, exactly. Why would you even be on social are. media if you, <laughs> yeah, and, and you're selling a, a $5,000 coaching package to teach you how to do it? Okay. Uh, actually, it kind of reminded me in, in one of those, uh, you know, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, I, I watch it every year. Uh, Charlie Munger was asked about that, and, and he said a very similar kind of thing. Like if if they're so smart and they're doing so well, why are they why are they selling you digital courses for nineteen dollars? Yeah. <laughs> now now a tough question, uh, Daniel. We talked about okay, getting a loan out. Things happen to people, right? I mean, with all the circumstances I just talked about, right? Let's say if that their their business now takes a downturn, they're not able to make loan payments, and worse, let's take it all the way to the worst case scenario, they declare personal bankruptcy. And also that company declares a, a bankruptcy, right? Uh, can you default on that loan that you took out from your 401k or is it like student loan that is never forgivable? Yeah, they'd have to just claim the money that they still owe it as income. And so pay the taxes pay, on that. Yeah, exactly. Or Do you also pay the penalties? penalties uh, if they're on, under 59 on and a half. 
if they're under 59 and a half, there'd be a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Okay. Uh, so that's how it converts from a, a loan over to a um, distribution, uh, a distribution basically. Yeah. That's that's yeah. how clear that is. Okay, yeah. very cool. So, you know, Daniel, I, I, you know, thank you for sharing everything that you've shared with us, you know, especially with the examples there. I always ask my guests to give me their number one $100,000 expert insight into like funding your business without the banks with, with your solo 401k. What is your number one expert insight? Um, I, I would say something, my answer is going to be something that's more blanketed where hopefully I could help more people. And, and what I mean by that is with, and I'm answering this question just because of what we've talked about with crypto inflation, the stock market, real estate, interest rates going up. Like, I, I don't think severe we've been in this type of environment before. Like this is, this is wild, right? With everything happening at the same time. So a lot of people are thinking about, man, like how should I invest my money or what should I do with my money? Like the topic of money is very prevalent right now. And when I think about money and how it should be used and the best investment, right? There's a ton of, speaking of TikToks, ton of content out there about what's the best investment you can make? You know, it's it's this crypto or it's, you know, uh, multifamily or it's it's gold is the best investment, right? It's like always what's the best investment? I truly believe the best investment that you can make is in yourself. Betting on yourself, investing into a better version of yourself where you can learn a new skill set, you can learn how to become a better communicator, you can learn how to um, have a, a better conversation with yourself and deal with mental health. So maybe it's investing into a therapist, uh, maybe it's investing into your health, you know, getting more fit, uh, losing weight, eating better. Uh, all of those things, if you invest in yourself, the type of return that you can make over a period of time is way better than any investment out there. I, I truly believe that. And now is a great time to invest in yourself because as more and more people are contracting and are fearful and are emotional and scaling back, now's a really good time to separate yourself from other people. I think we're going to be kind of in this lull for the next couple years, few years. I'm not trying to time anything. Um, I'm just focused on, okay, how can I provide the best place, the best environment for my employees, for my customers, provide solid customer experience, a great service, deliver, and how can I continue to grow as a person, a better leader, a better boss, um, get more knowledge, Right. That's why I'm a big believer in investing into coaching programs and masterminds and be around other entrepreneurs that are where I want to be. You know, people that have something that I am pursuing so I can come in with an open mind. And then obviously, as I'm getting my cup filled by learning and also filling my cup by investing in myself, I can pour my cup into other people. Right. I can provide impact to my team, my employees, my family. You know, people I meet, right? Because I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, you, you got to give back, right? You, you have to be able to, to to pour into other people. That's that's how we're going to be able to keep this world moving. So, you know, that that's my best piece of advice is, you know, invest in yourself first and foremost. And, and, and obviously, you can always invest into other places. But, you know, now's the best time is, is investing in yourself. 
Daniel, thank you for being on the show. Uh, uh, folks, uh, reach out to Daniel through danielblue.me or .me and uh, follow Daniel on, on social. That's at danielblue, blue with two underscores after that on, any, on, on most of the socials, I believe. And definitely check out that book. Uh, I'm going to flash it again one more time. Uh, this is the book on, on Amazon. It's available. It's, it's a bestseller. If you type in Daniel Blue, I'm sure that on Amazon you could find this book directly on using his name. And uh, thank you for being on the show, Daniel. Really appreciate you uh, sharing your knowledge and uh, letting us know how we can utilize this, especially as entrepreneurs, how we can utilize this special way of funding our business. Uh, so thank you for being here. Hey, Sabir, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity. It's a good time. Awesome. And uh, uh, audience, uh, thank you for tuning in. If you tuned in live, if uh, you're catching this on the on a recording, uh, thank you for watching it. Hit the like and subscribe button so that we can keep on delivering uh, this kind of high quality content on the platform of your choice. Uh, it is July right now. So we are going to take a break from the show for the next two months. But we have 15 more episodes and amazing guests like yeah, Daniel Blue here uh you know uh lined up uh and we are coming back right after labor day uh to do those uh wednesday live shows uh, again so enjoy your summer uh daniel enjoy your summer <laughs> and uh, uh we'll catch you after uh labor day thank you for tuning in